Welcome to Center Stage with international opera star Pamela Kuhn. And now, here is your host, Pamela Kuhn. And the curtain is up on Center Stage, the show about the arts and the artists behind their work. Last week, we revealed a new concept for Center Stage, the Benjamin Franklin Dinner. I invited six artists and educators to answer two questions that I fielded to them over a casual dinner. And in the same tradition that Ben Franklin built with his Yunto Dinner Club, we ate, we chatted, and proceeded to search within ourselves while building bridges with everyone in the room using 13 virtues that Franklin himself had set down as a template for the evening. What happened at my house that night was remarkable, as the six people who did not know each other found a bond by the end of the evening, in the arts, in their dedication to the ethics of what they provide to the community, and in the truth that they revealed about themselves which were touching and honest to the bone. Somehow the paradox of the intimate but yet bold setting of the dinner idea ignited fires in the bellies of my guests, not to mention that the food was great. I presented the 13 virtues on the table, and each person seemed to wrap themselves up in at least one of them. In part one, I asked each guest what the defining moment of their career was. In part two, I asked, how does silence play a role in what you do? With that, the night became profound. My inspiration for this dinner was to inspire and build community. Those are two words which define me, and I think Ben Franklin would be proud of our effort. Just to recap, my guests were visual artists and educators Dimitri Wright and Mary Newcomb, jazz pianist and driving force behind Project Music, Joyce DiCamillo, director of Connecticut Ballet, Brett Raphael, pianist Larissa Friedenberg, and executive director of the Waterbury Symphony, Robert Chinante. We are going to pick up with artist Mary Newcomb speaking of her role as an arts advocate. It is followed by pianist Larissa Friedenberg sharing a deeply personal aspect of her life which all of us can relate to. So sit back and enjoy. Perhaps you will be my guest at the next dinner. Mary Newcomb, how did you huh. come around? You were the Pan Am stewardess. You were seeing the world. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. Married to a yeah. rich guy in New York City. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, boom, you're out oh, here wow. serving the arts. Yeah. And that's, isn't that funny? Because I, all you guys are talking about this same thing. It's, you know, I'm, I'm choosing um, order because it sounds, you know, a little bit stiff. But I actually think order is shorthand for harmony, mm. and I think maybe he was talking about that because wow. harmony is is creating and then serving, and we're all servers. We're all serving at this table, mm. every single one of us, yeah. and and we're passing on what our mentors put inside of us. And I think it's a spiritual thing. I think it's beyond. You know, I, I know they were mentors, but I think it was it was spiritual um, gift. That they gave us, and so that's what we're giving to to our students, mm-hmm. to the people we you know we the serve. Community, the really. communities, really. Yeah. And um, um, I keep thinking that you know when people give money to the arts, it's like you know the people actually doing the jobs, the administrative jobs, mm-hmm. and and I hate when they say, oh no no no, I want my money to go to the program, and I'm going. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. and I'm like cart before the horse. Yeah, it's like yeah. you're looking at the you're looking at the program. Right? Yeah. 
yeah. And it's like, I feel like I know curators in Greenwich, or one in particular. Her her child um, qualifies for school lunches. She makes a little money. So I'm telling mm -hmm. everybody, mm -hmm. just be careful when you give to give to people that run these programs because it's painful to me to mm -hmm. see the level of service mm -hmm. and, and then to see the level service of, of sacrifice. Yeah. Sacrifice. Yeah. A lot of that. I mean, most of us, I have three jobs, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I'm circulating pretty quickly right. around town mm -hmm. and it's, it's like I have two days off and they're not next to each other. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, I would really, um, prefer that people come up to the harmony of feeling liberal with with people that are actually running the programs and I think right. that's all I need to say I just right. you, know, you guys understand but mm. anyway I felt the need to say that yeah. Larissa you you come from the USSR yes yeah and when did you come to America I came in 76 when USSR was still USSR mm. oh my gosh wow. yes how did you make that transition um well two things uh, we came out of Russia to join with the family we had through the Jewish organizations in 76. But uh, my, my story is a little different. I, in fact, I att attended the true elite music school back in St. Petersburg, which was then Leningrad. So I was, from about age nine, I was felt I was going to be a pianist. Maybe I was going to also do, be a composer, but I was always in music. And then I was at age 13, I was surrounded by some of the most talented kids mm. in St. Petersburg, and there are only few schools like that in Russia, so I'd say I was in the environment where there were truly talented kids who were mm -hmm. going to be the future of, the music, right. of music in Russia. So I, my background is I always felt I was a musician, I was trained to be a musician, and when I left... And I first came to Canada, and then I came to uh, New York City um, to attend schools. I also got very fortunate. I was surrounded by some of the most very talented kids from Canada. I had met them in band until the summer. I was fortunate to get grants and scholarships. I was truly supported to the full extent of what I, you know, what one an individual can get. Um, and at some some point later, I felt. I threw it away because, uh, yes, uh, at some, because I was um, contemplating having a, a concert career and then a chamber music career, but then I met someone, got married, family, started a family, and everything musical and my serious plans took sort of a backseat. And for a long time I had this feeling of guilt, mm -hmm. thinking I've given up all my training, yeah, I do have a family, and I'm going to teach my kids to become musicians, hopefully. But I, am I even a musician anymore, myself? So I struggled with all of that for a long time. Um, so I think my, I might want to choose sincerity mm -hmm. and later on resolution. So I got very... Wow. Um, so those two. So you're really talking, you're bringing us into the arena now of real life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, to meet someone is not someone something to feel guilty about right. at all. Mm -hmm. It's just a natural progression. But it's interesting how sometimes to me I feel that 
that artists have an, uh, an era of what I call gestation. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you stopped, you got married, you had a child. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean your music is any less. The problem was that I, I did, didn't make time for music. What, oh. what it meant is that there was only time available for family, right. but not enough time to practice and, you know, because, yeah, you know, in my view, if you don't practice and you perfect, if you don't perfect your art, mm -hmm. you don't improve, you don't grow. And I've grown up my entire life thinking that if I miss a day of practice, I miss a day. A day of mm -hmm. life. So mm -hmm. for me, life and me making music and practicing and learning new things is how I feel alive. So that's mm. putting your music on the back burner always takes a toll. Yes, it does. It takes a toll. Or any art. So how know, long did it yeah. take you to really come, you know, full front then? Well, I um, I stopped playing uh, as a soloist and um, totally turned my attention to uh, our family and my. 100% of my attention was on my three boys who all played very well. And, um, and, but I always felt, during that whole time, I felt I have to play. So at some point I got lucky. I got to accompany them at auditions and comp little competitions and this and that. So I felt more a little fulfilled as a pianist. Oh. I, uh, I really truly feel my happiest when I play piano. Mm. I don't, I honestly, like most musicians, I don't like the hours of practice, mm -hmm. but when I play and I can express myself, that is truly when I feel alive. Wow. Yes. Mm -hmm. I agree. Strong words. I agree. So, yeah. uh, I mean, the, the opening playing with you was that treat. Mm -hmm. I really right. felt alive. That's right. <clears throat> A lot of passion there. Let me ask this. Was your husband supportive of you? Yes, actually, yes. Very supportive. Um, but he, um, and he always felt that why aren't you practicing and I just felt if I couldn't do it 100%, I wasn't just mm. doing it. It mm -hmm. was just, people ask me sometimes, why aren't you just sitting down and playing? It's not that anymore. You really want to perfect it. You want to work on it. It's you, your life you want blood. To, yes. You. And, and, yeah, and you need time and space around it. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, that's what I'm going through now. It's painful yeah. that I don't have, I, I crave it, mm -hmm. but I don't have that time and space to yes. devote. To paint anymore. And, and to paint, and then mm -hmm. there's a, there's a, preamble and a and a you know it's just it's just there's all this space you need around it to have the creative energy to you know my creative energy is going into other things mm -hmm. it's and it's you need just time just mm -hmm. time and it's alone but you sometimes know. that's not practical no it's not that's what i'm that's you know and I'm that, that maybe is our, our biggest you know message i mean uh, you know as artists we bring it that mm -hmm. real life does take over to the point of you know, you may have to wait. Yeah. But it doesn't mean it's any less. No. Well, industrious. I was at first thinking, should I say that? Because I, um, that's one thing that I feel that you're, when you are with your art, you're productive. Mm -hmm. And you're building it every, every moment. And that's what I stopped feeling. I stopped being part of that. So for quite a few years, I felt I was really was disconnected mm -hmm. on my own, in my heart, from music. But now that's all changed. It's changed. Uh, and, and changed uh, not only because I'm teaching full-time and I love my students. And I love my students not because they are very talented. It's because they really are waking up as people who can express themselves through music. Yeah. I, I find that amazing. Because there are so many times I've, I start with someone and I have no vision at all for them. Just 
I hope you can learn how to read music. I hope you can learn how to count. I hope we can find the keys on the piano. That would be a great thing. <laughs> and then they almost always surprise me in some way. Really, I almost—it's every—it's a hundred percent surprise always. Some way down the road, there's some event that I find. Oh, how did you do this? Uh, I didn't. I actually, I don't. But think you I, did that for him. You didn't even know you did it. Exactly. It goes in. It, yeah. You yeah, just don't. Exactly. You know, it's yeah. not a literal. Mm -hmm. That's you know, the payoff. That's the yeah, payoff. Yeah. Yeah. That's the. That's that the is so beautiful. That I didn't beautiful. realize this about you. <laughs> I did not know. No story. After all this time, and all I, I just looked at you and saw that little salsa dancer. <laughs> I, was, I was expressing myself. <laughs> and you were. Yes, quite well. I think I need to take up some salsa dancing. <laughs> you know, you meet great opera singers. Okay, good. Excellent. Opera singers, <laughs> musicians, <laughs> right? Yup. Maybe a straight ballet dancer. <laughs> I love it. It's funny. Well, it's funny that our, our um, plans don't always fit. No. Reality. Huh. Hardly ever do, yeah. as a matter of fact. You know? I mean, I remember... Getting out of college, I mean, I only studied classical, and to this day, I only teach classical, but I coach jazz piano. But, you know, if there's any place I'm a purist, it's about playing the piano. You can't play anything unless you know how to play the piano. So I, if someone comes to me and says, I want to learn how to play jazz, I say, I'm sorry. You know, but, first things first. Yeah, but, I, you know, when I got out of college, you expect the phone to ring. And the phone doesn't ring. <laughs> you go back home, and there you are. You know, so, you know, I, I do a lot of um, master classes and seminars and talk to kids. You know, it should not have to be this way. I say this all the time, but you have to be an entrepreneur now. Um, I've got to ask my second question before we totally run out of time and battery power on this wonderful recording device. And that is, I was actually going to go into the second part of this with humility, but I, we all kind of gravitated to that, and I think that's kind of marvelous for all of us, and it says a lot about the sincerity of everybody at this table, because I firmly believe that humility, humility is a necessary part of making art, um, and you really can't grab that golden ring until you've got it. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about silence, because that's the song I sang, in the silence of the night, and... Sometimes we as artists have our greatest inspirations in the silence. We as musicians, we as choreographers, we know, and definitely Robert, he knows about silence. After he's been talking to potential patrons, he wants five minutes of silence in his office. But in the last week, where have you been with a silent moment that's given you some sort of inspiration? I think maybe I should go first because I, I just completed my first full week in the, the symphony office and, you know, there's a lot of things going on, a lot of things hitting you and a lot of things you have to pretend that you know about and then you go back to your <laughs> office and actually figure out what figure they out. meant. And it was uh, it was pretty nonstop. Um, thrilling, definitely thrilling and exciting, but uh, challenging at the same time. And uh, so to come in either before everyone else gets there or to stay after, which most arts administrators find themselves in these situations by default, um, that silence is uh, in sort of quiet, maybe tranquility, I could even uh, pick from our list around me, uh, that allows me to do some of my most focused uh, work, and in that focus, I think uh, the creativity uh, will often come to light. It just kind of comes to the yeah. surface, doesn't it? That's a marvelous mm -hmm. thing. And we, 
know about daring to be with silence, don't we? More than maybe your average businessman, you know, who's constantly going, 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 and filling up, and you know, and using every available space. We we live with silence at times in our in our solitude. I think it's comforting. I mean, I find silence very comforting, and I feel like. That's the only time if the wellspring has a chance to to bubble mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would agree. You don't. You're not in thought. You're in. You know, totally in your right brain, and you're you're listening. I like to listen to this in the silence. I think that's that's really helpful to me. So, to be honest with you, I I, I crave silence, yeah. and that's one of the reasons why I'm taking this TM course. Mm-hmm. I'm looking to find some silence yeah. because. One hundred percent of the time, I have music in my head, and I can't get away from it. No matter what, mm-hmm. I can't get away from it. And I, I have a peculiar thing that happens to me: don't bring the little men in the white coats over. But <laughs> if I wake up in the middle of, the, I mean, I sometimes have a two or four measure loop going around in my head that has no relationship to anything oh, else. Wow. Mm-hmm. And if I wake up in the middle of the night. I could be in the middle of a measure and it's still running. <laughs> so it's a very, it, it's like <laughs> madness. But sometimes I wonder that, you know, I wonder that. Am I a step away that from madness warm. with that? Be, yeah, because it, and that's why I'm kind of craving to get into that. They call it the state of bliss, you know, where maybe I, maybe I can, I feel like if there's constant creation going on, it's constant. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, it, it, it's, meaningless to tell you the truth you know because it's when you're an improvising musician you're constantly improvising there's no stop to it you know and um i I don't know that's the that's a very good point to bring up silence yeah i I remember i used to do a lot of verdi requiems i was soprano solos and verdi requiems and if any of you know the piece it's it's really opera kind of compacted and for the soprano, it's it's almost inhuman singing. And then he waits till the very last movement to give the soprano the hardest things to sing after you've already sung for ninety minutes. And you know, I would after I would do a very recommend, I would wake up in the middle of the night, and I literally wake up at the start, and I was still singing, yeah. and I could hear the diacere, yeah. and you know, because your your body and your brain just cannot rest yet right. because it was so physical, it was so all consuming. Right. And I remember doing two of them back-to-back with the Choral Society in Northern England and thinking, okay, I must have just killed myself. (laughs) So I'll never be able to sing the second one. But yes, I I do understand that. It's a very good point. Dimitri, what about silence for the visual artist? It's very important. I often um, say to myself and to my students, the small, still voice. Mm. Is the wellspring of the creative process. Um, at Weir Farm, before our workshop would uh, begin, I'm often there an hour and a half early, walking around in silence and listening to what the birds have to say, and the wind, and smelling the air, allowing my senses. Uh, when I go to teach at Silvermine, I'm often there an hour and a half mm-hmm. early, listening to the silence, the sound of the room, knowing that it's going to be filled with souls with great anticipation for the creative <laughs> process. Uh, when I'm working in my studio, I will start um, the uh, day with pr- 
prayer, um, sometimes a rosary, and that gives tremendous silence and peace. Mm -hmm. And uh, those are the things that I use. It kind of sets the whole day uh, in order. That's so beautifully put. I think we all need to get there before we can create, don't we? Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Brett, how does this how does this figure into the world of dance? Um, well, dancers they want to get that high, so they have to work. You know, usually in in, in common with others, it's rare to see someone off by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I right. personally do my own workout, and I have for forever and ever, even before I was still training as a dancer, I still did my hour and a quarter by myself in the morning. And so I have the sort of bookends of my day. It's a quiet start. Mm-hmm. And of course, at the end, when everybody goes away, yeah. there's another three to four hours of kind of percolating down through to, to you know the tasks at hand and also how I feel about it. I mean, you, you have to be really in touch with yourself because right. you're yeah. constantly self-motivating in many cases. And dancers are pretty driven, but they get up in the morning and they go to class. So I get up in the morning and I work out. And uh, it's become a kind of personal discipline for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's my it's my spiritual time. Mm-hmm. I do different music, not usually to silence. I, I use a lot of different music. And that music has changed over the years. You know, the music I used to dance to and mm-hmm. what I listen to now. Um, but it's important. At the end of the day, it's, it's, it's just quiet. It's just quiet. So the brain is, is kind of processing and regenerating. You have to. I'm not talking about sleep. I sleep very well for very few hours. But <laughs> those last few hours before you go to sleep, mm-hmm. where you kind of take into account where you are and where you're going for just a few hours. Mm-hmm. Is this responsible all? for a lot of people? Yeah. And so you kind of have to. Your students coming in, you have to be ready for that yes. experience. You yeah. have to prepare yourself yeah. as mm-hmm. to what it is that you're going to move them forward with. Mm-hmm. You know, with you, because you wear so many hats running this company, is yeah. there ever yeah. one? Is there ever one moment where you just want to shut yourself in a room <laughs> and not let anyone find you, just to kind of balance yourself mm-hmm. and find your your, your centeredness? Well, that used to be Sundays, but now I added Sunday class. So <laughs> Sundays take. Now it's seven days a week, which is also typical. It used to be Sundays when I went to Quaker meeting, actually. And really? I found a lot of beauty in the silence there. Quaker. I mean, Quakers thrive on silence. Yeah. yeah. So out of that silence comes a lot of expression. Mm-hmm. So they've made it into a faith yes. as well as a practice. Mm-hmm. So when you're a Quaker, they give you faith and practice, which is the book. And it's both. It's the practice of silence and listening to others and the internal reservoir. And amazing things come out. I'm not one to speak at meeting, but I'm listening. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just absorbing. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving hearing other oh people. Oh my gosh, I find this yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Even when I was an art administrator at the uh, Connecticut Institute of Art, I practiced the same thing. Get there early and have that that silence, because you know what's about to happen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a crisis after another. You know. I love it. Just, it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I always say I'm a fireman. Yeah. I never knew I'd be right. fired. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And at the close of the day, I wouldn't just go home first. I would just kind of sit, kind of yep. 
let it come and have down. that still moment. Yeah. There was a wonderful story on 60 Minutes recently about the whole addictive nature of us looking yep. um, mm-hmm. at, at Facebook and mm-hmm. looking um, online. Mm-hmm. It's like a gambler's syndrome. That's yeah. right. You know, mm-hmm. oh, there's somebody, they want me, they want That's me. Right. Yes. I'm going to win, I'm going to win. Apparently, the average young person right. checks it 200 times a day. Mm-hmm. 200 times. Mm-hmm. Talk about sounds interfering. like an addiction. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a melee. It's a compulsivity. Yeah. Well, I think Instead it, of 200 other imp, uh, yeah. impetus yeah. Uh, or yeah. creative impulses. Yeah. It, it ham- hampers, oh, it's hampers our, our creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I would say so. Yeah. It's invasive yeah. Mm-hmm. and yes. it can be yes. toxic and, um, yes. and it just keeps us on that knife edge of being yeah. addictive. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of hyper state, uh, or, which uh-huh. I find really, really troubling. It's almost fight or flight. But for artists, yeah, you see it's yeah. the opposite of artists, what we are. Artists right? don't depend on that. I mean, the average person may be addicted to that, but it's about they're trying to connect or some, some stimuli from outside. Mm. We, ge- we generally don't rely on that, and thank goodness, because yeah. we're more self-reliant. So yep. email needs to be optional. You know, it's But you know, it's in, it's in this day and age... Somebody's calling you for a gig. Where were well, you? Why didn't you answer me? Someone else got you know, the gig. Someone else got the gig. Yeah. Call yeah. me back. Right. Yeah, I right. needed your bio by well, seven see, that's o'clock. You we didn't present it. Hats, you know? So that's yeah. right. why that kicks in. Yeah, that's um, right. This was such a problem for me earlier on. After all that marvelous training I had as an artist, I went back to school and got a degree in organizational management. Oh, mm. wow. It, it helped. <laughs> it did, it I'm sure. Helped. Yeah, I'm sure. Because I just couldn't do it by finesse alone. Mm-hmm. Right. There were certain techniques and mm-hmm. methods that could be applied. Right. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, I was able to create all kinds of programs after mm-hmm. that. Wonderful. Interesting. So, yes. We need some of those techniques, I think. Yeah. I think yeah. we do, too. I think we all better go back for <laughs> organizational <laughs> management. Can you make a few notes for us? <laughs> Except for Robert, who's got it all. Robert's got it. Robert's got it it all. (laughs) Well, this has been so stimulating and so interesting. And I'm loving just getting the input, you know, from so many people here at the table. This is fantastic. And I'm thrilled that you have all been part of this maiden voyage. I'm really thrilled. And have, have we gained insight? And, you know, in many cases, shared really secret parts of ourselves that that, that mean something, you know, that we can pass on to others. Yeah. And shared experience. It makes you feel better. You know, you feel like, okay, I'm not the only one that feels Mm -hmm. that way. You said about your, you know, finding that other people are going through the same. Yes. Oh, Lord. You feel less alone. (laughs) That whole thing about finding your pack is so important. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have so many students who come back to me and, and they'll say, oh, my God, I found myself. Yes. You know, I've, I've found other people who are like me. So I just have to ask all of you, please, not to come back and sue me after we broadcast this. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any second thoughts, tell me now. Are you going to disclose that we had some wine? <laughs> we can have more wine yeah, we okay. strawberries and coffee on the way and I think we're just going to carry on now with coffee and, and let's just chat and have a good time okay. but in the meantime thank you all for being here oh, because thank, this you. Is thank, you. thank you very much and, thank you so much. and I think Benjamin Franklin would be proud wow, of you <laughs> thank you everyone and I'll say my tagline and the curtain is now down on center stage 
Wonderful. Oh, great. Yes. Oh, my gosh. We've got at least another four hours in us. Why don't you give me some coffee? <laughs>